What up, what up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome again to the latest episodes from my mom's garage. As always, this is your host, Tony, with Nikki. Hello, saludos. Saludos, peoples. Saludos. And not only just Nick and I, we have another guest. Our homeboy, Alex, is tuning in from it's Seminole County, I think it is. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. He's going to join us building. today's episodes and talk about a few news and topics. But before we get into that, how's everybody's been? How's your weekend been going? I don't know, man. I feel like a huge bag of sand that has moved in like hours, <laughs> days. Just, just, just kind of sluggish. Sluggish. <laughs> I guess this might be a good thing, but I don't, it's weird when you're in the slugging mood. <laughs> you want to punch somebody? No, I don't I say angry. Oh. I said sluggish. <laughs> the the, the whole mean, idea is that I have no energy to throw the punch. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was, what was that? No, it, it was fight night last night, you know? It, yeah, it I was know. fight night. It was a good fight night, too. <laughs> you watched them? I watched, I watched, yes. I watched all, the only ones I didn't watch from the main card of of UFC was Gaethje. And I think there was one prior, but I saw the Vera, Thug Rose, and uh, Usman. And you know what's funny? And I was talking to Alex about this. We were talking about uh, who we were going for. If we would have bet on a parlay, we would have won money. We, we would have took home everything, man. Yeah, we would have. All, all, all six fights that we... Because we did a Canelo fight yes, fought yesterday. Yeah. And I told them, here's my five for the main event and Canelo's fight. Mm-hmm. And all of them I got right. So if I would have put like 10 bucks, I think I would have got at least probably like a couple hundred. Yeah, but you have a little bit of an unfair advantage when it comes to the boxing. Why? Because you studied it for like five, six years. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's one good punch. <laughs> somebody could be the un- somebody could be the favorite by like nine hundred points, and if the underdog has one good punch, that's it. No, I I, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, that, it was it was entertaining. A couple of the fights were really good, and then to, to this morning we went to a uh, a Japanese festival. It was fun, small, but it was a lot of people though. And that's, yeah, that's cool. yeah, yeah. The only funniest thing about it is that they have all these other like there were people selling food, and there was just one. Selling pizza, but the boxes were from Pizza Hut at selling that three dollars, three or four dollars a slice. I was like, "Don't you, don't you get the box for five bucks?" <laughs> I was like, "Yo, they and people were in line for those." I I think it was funny because uh, Lakefront is such a huge park that it basically just like basically took to equivalent of like maybe like what twenty five percent of the whole place. Yeah, they could have literally branched it out bigger. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like that, let's get into some topics. All right. Uh, first, we have Gal Gadot. Uh, she has been casted for as the evil queen in the live action Snow White remake. I do like the casting, but I, I think I was like, didn't they do the Huntsman? It's just a different very version of Snow White. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Wait. The Huntsman. Yeah, yeah. but literally when i think of this that's what i'm thinking of yeah like I, it brought me right back to that so you know comparing evil queens is that's kind of like where i went to when i heard but i think she's gonna be great man i, I think she's gonna i think she's gonna kill it the only thing i question though is when it comes to gal gadot is she's very favorable right now right yeah. so who's like you basically snow white has to be more favorable correct so, yeah she, yes she's got to be very dominant 
Yeah, so you gotta like Snow White better than you do Gal Gadot. Yeah, or else they're gonna end up making you more like um, Maleficent. Yeah, where the where the evil queen takes takes the throne from there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. the question is, who can do that? And it has to be young, a young actress, super yeah. young. Yeah, because this is uh, evil. This is stepmother. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think who they would pick, but it's young Hollywood. There's a there. I don't know if, if it's me, but I'm noticing. I I feel like back in the '90s and probably like early 2000s, young Hollywood, we had a large amount of people to choose from, and I feel like that that is getting smaller and smaller. Oh, really, I can actually I can. Who? I, can, I can name her right off the bat. Go. Uh, the girl from um, Descendants, Devon, whatever. She was supposed to be in the, uh, the, the was it the remake of that TV show where they were the uh, Powerpuff Girls? She was supposed to be Bubbles. Oh, her? Yeah. But is she favorable? You hear me? Yeah. I mean, well, she's, she's very beautiful. She's young. And, I, you know, I think she can play that part very well. So, I mean. Oh, you know who's another one that's coming up that's young Hollywood? Uh, Florence Poe. Poe? Who's that? Um, she was in Black Widow. She was a uh, uh, fight with my family. I love her to death. Don't get me wrong. I do. But I guess when you're comparing, you're, like, she has to be more, and I hate to say it like that because it seems trivial, but she has to be more attractive than Gal Gadot. Like, as far as just facial, like, expression like that, she's a beautiful girl, but is she, like, hotter? Hotter, yeah. As far as facial features, that's superficial. Right? It's literally a superficial <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're totally right. The whole point of Snow White is that the evil queen got upset because somebody was like perceived as more attractive than her. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then this also comes into question is mm-hmm. because Disney has has done so far, let's say the Huntsman, because we just mentioned it, uh, Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. The Lion King. Uh, Jungle Book, they haven't done a poke. I don't know. If, I don't remember ever doing well, a Pocahontas live action. Uh, they I did think, a Cinderella live action. I think the reason the Huntsman doesn't really count as much with this is because it doesn't feel like a traditional. Like, Disney. Uh, well, it's not like like uh, Beauty and the Beast felt like the traditional Beauty and the Beast live action of that story. Yeah, right? live like a direct adaptation, live yeah. action adaptation. This, yeah, it it wasn't direct. That's how I feel like. Yeah. You're, you're it wasn't direct. It, it was kind of like, you know, this is this is kind of Snow White. This is kind of the plot of Snow White, it, you know, and it just wasn't as direct as Disney's Snow White. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's it. That's why that's why I think this one is is going to be looked upon like honestly when you told me when you told me the story, I'm like, did they make a Snow White? I didn't like I literally did not remember Huntsman at all. Yeah, I did. Because Huntsman just feels like cuz they were hinging on Chris Hemsworth's character the whole time cuz he was he was an up and coming big act, big name yeah, actor. That's what I mean is like but when you think about Snow White you don't think about the huntsman being a major like a major character of the story. Yeah, no you don't. <laughs> so. But yeah, so so what do you guys think should Disney keep trying to do live actions adaptations of their older property? Well, you know, most of Disney's older property is like our brother's Grimm stories. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's it's not really a big thing if they do it. I think they should cover the classics first, though. So what do you think, Alex? Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I think they should cover the classics more. I think that every um, live action that they've made has been a banger. Like I, I think that it has been. Um, uh, I don't. It's hard. Like, but I think that we should go for the and Disney should go for the the basics, like the, the classics, you know, and. And not spin off. I think that they've been on point though so far. 
I don't think that they've steered in the wrong direction. Um, like you said, a huge one. I want to see a Pope honest. Like, you know, I, like, you know, just the classics. You know? Yeah. I, I really just feel like they should just pinpoint to the classics. So what else is left though? Like aside from Pocahontas and then Little Mermaid, I think that's. But then, because yeah, you're leaving. If you leave out of Disney classics, I think you'll get. Well, I don't know if Fern Gully was a Disney movie. I don't think it was. That's such a classic, man. Yeah, but then you have the Avatar, which is pretty much Fern Gully. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just yeah, planetary, (laughs) planetary Fern Gully. But yeah, the, I think we're we're almost to the end of um, Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah. That would yeah, be scary as fuck. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be, that'd be, that'd be a little weird. Yeah, that'll give me a lot of like Chucky's vibe. <laughs> now that we just can't, coming off of Halloween, that'll give me a little bit of Chucky's vibe. Yeah, exactly. But, oh my God. And like, I was even, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking Ants or uh, Bugs Life. But then. A lot of when they do live action, mm-hmm. the success is also their failure. How they did with Lion King is that they made those CGI lines so real that they didn't express any emotion, so it felt flat throughout the whole movie. When they like when he cried yeah. and all these fight scenes, so I'm thinking if they do something such, if they do a live action of like ants, of like talking ants and trying to whatever the storyline was of um and like the bullies and all the other bugs. That yeah. isn't a fall flat on emotion side, even though it was a fun, it was a fun movie. I think they should stay away from um, like inanimate things. Like um, like you said, if if they're gonna make a like let's say a car or something like that, then just don't do it because it's just gonna look like a basically a more advanced yeah. animation. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it, it would, you know, and and I, you know, with the Sleeping Beauty, like Maleficent, you know, yeah, kind of off, you know, like you know, it wasn't one hundred percent that, but. You know that, you know <laughs> how to explain it, but they they've been pretty on point so far. And that and that's the thing I like about them that that they're they have the library, and they have the pockets to come up with anything that they want. And I know that they they they're pushing on this, um, like nostalgia because a lot of the movies that that were made, that were made, uh, back then. People were either don't connect to it as well because a, a lot of it, and you see, you seen it like a lot of like Snow White, um, Cinderella. It's always been like a damsel in distress, and yeah. then now they push forward like a very like woman empowerment, like Moana, Mulan. Um, what's the other one? Frozen. That's everything is about female empowerment that they could take care of their, care of their own. But one would be a live action one I would want to see. Brave, brave. Oh, so, brave. brave. So so just pretty much just do like princesses basically. Yeah, princesses or brave I think I wanted to look like Game of Thrones season 2. You want to blow your <laughs> yeah, right? If they could just do that that'd be great. You want to blow your mind right now? Go. Ahead. All right. Um Wally. Oh. Wally and remember who's the guy from uh, um uh he uh what he's a he's a uh comedic but he's also a singer. He was in uh, uh Book of Mormon. Um Josh Gad is it? Josh Gad. Josh Gad as a captain. Mm-hmm, Ooh, that would. <laughs> oh well, my I like god, it. I like that. Hey, technology advancement, a lot of human element to it. Yeah, so I think this would be new. This would be new classic Disney movies that they should do live action. Wally, 
uh, Moana. Hinting at the Little Mermaid, right? Like, what are the rumors for like a long that, time? That's in production. That was like two years ago. They that's, about that. Yeah, they have a girl named uh, Haley Berry, and I think um, she she's singing. Yeah, Lady Gaga was supposed to be the um, the the, the, the evil or witch. Ursula. Ursula. Yeah. Yeah. But then That'd people liked uh, what was her name? Um, Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. When they did the 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 live TV show, people yeah, were like, like she did great. Well, they she um. Ann Leibowitz did a uh, photo shoot with a bunch of celebrities in Disney like roles. Yeah. And they did a huge production photo shoot of her as as uh, the, the Ursula. So that's why I think that's that was quickly associated and it was perfect for her. Cuz yeah, she's somebody who's full figured and so is the character and who can sing, you know, stuff like that. So it all fits in in you know that ethos. Yeah. And then the last one that I would want would be the Atlantis the Lost Empire. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. And that was one that that bombed in the movies. A lot of steampunk. Damn, yeah. I haven't done steampunk in, since Wild Wild West. I, and, I was so stoked for that movie when I was a kid. Like that was like I, I just remember that like vaguely going to the movies to see that. And that was such a great movie. And it have and they were competing with the a lot of the other movies at that time, in regards to Disney. I think they were they were competing against Monsters Inc. that year too. So. Wow, I would love yeah. to see Atlanta. They cast that um, the princess in that one. Is this your princess? The the one with the gray hair. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, that's yeah, yeah. that's a super like popular cosplay when you, when you yeah. look around. So I would like to see who they can get for that. Ah, that'd be so awesome. Maybe it's Rihanna. <laughs> no, <laughs> let, let's somebody with a little bit more acting chops. Let's, let's calm it down, Nick. What about um uh. Uh, uh, you um, the one from uh, uh, I hate when I'm blank on these names. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Gamora. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Zoe Saldana. Yep. Yeah, I could see her. Or Gagadot. Why Gagadot? <laughs> hey, we're doing full circles. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. The one last thing though about that about the uh, Evil Queen. Um, I only have one Evil Queen. That I honestly would always can see her as Evil Queen. Ooh. That was um, her name is uh, Lana Perella. She was the Evil Queen from Once Upon a Time. Oh, I yeah. think she killed it. Yes, she she was she embodied Evil Queenness. Well, she she had a great knack of doing it, and then she still came off likable. Yeah, that's that, and that's what they're trying to push because they don't want to because all the animated they they made their. Um, villains so one-sided, so one-dimensional that now a lot of them they give them a little bit of backstory, so you kind of like sympathize with them and trying to understand why they're evil, even though they you know they're evil. But I mean, as far as when it comes to actors, I think there's a like actors that uh, are likable even when they're villainous in a sense, like uh, the guy from most of uh, Tarantino movies. What's his name? Which one? The one who plays uh, um. Jenko uh, and Chained, and he's in um, um, something. The the ah, I forget the guy's name. Waldorf, I think his name's. Oh, um, like he's oh, a yeah, likable yeah. villain. Yeah, yeah. He, is. he is. Yeah, and I, I think this uh, um, Lana Perella is also a likable, like somebody who plays villainous roles, but you like them. Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. But then there's people that are just likable that's hard to see them as villains, which is like The Rock. Yeah. So just a little bit of side note yeah. about Christoph Waltz mm-hmm. is that he is, uh, he's a, a person that he's multilingual. So he speaks French, 
I think he does Spanish, Portuguese. But what's crazy that I found out is that the movies that he's done, and if they have a French subtitle, he voices his own character in in the language wow. that he speaks well in. He subs it. He subs it. Nice. He yeah. No, he dubs it. He dubs, dubs it. it. Sorry, dubs he dubs. It. He dubs his, his the French. I know he's in. I think he did it for the, uh, the Django, Django and Chain. He did the French. I think they have French, and he voiced his own character in the movie. How fucking awesome is that? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's so cool, man. <laughs> to be able to do that is cool. Like, I think uh, some of the some of the the Korean movies that I watch, I think some of the actors that are in it do that themselves too. Yeah, which I think dude, if you can do it, that's awesome. Yeah, um, that's cool. So what else you got? But let's me? let's let's keep it moving. Uh, so recently, um, uh, what's his name? David Iyer. Yeah. He started releasing f- uh, photos of Jared Leto's Joker in uh, different poses of uh, what he was dressed behind the scenes or some scenes that he would have been in, trying to suggest that there is a Iyer cut of Suicide Squad. Why, tr- why is that? I feel like that's weird. That that's like a new thing. That's been that's been discussed since the movie ever came out. Yeah, no, no, no. But now because of the success of the Snyder Cut and the conversation, like they have other there's other movies that that people are like, oh, we want the full director's vision, not a director's cut, because the director's cut is just leaving out stuff that he was already on the board. But this one is like a completely revision of what he really originally wanted, without uh, Warner Brothers' hands in the pot of how they wanted the movie made. So do you think it's worth them going back and doing this? Being that Suicide Squad 1 was a bad movie to begin with, wasn't that great of a movie. And two, um, they James Gunn did an amazing job with the new one that was like, why, why are we going to revisit that story when we already have an established movie that did great that we want to continue that storyline? So I think that uh, the new one, um, I liked it. I think that it was too comical for me at times. I mean, I loved the, the route that he was going. Yeah. Um, I did love the, like, the original Suicide Squad we're talking about. Yeah. Um, I loved that. Um, you know, I, I know a lot got a lot of backlash because they're like, what is this Joker with the gold teeth and, and the tattoos and and what's going on, but I think that he gave it such a cool twist, you know, like, I, I, I just liked it, um, I know I got a lot of backlash, um, <laughs> he actually went out in an article about the Cut. he said that he poured everything that he had into that movie, Yeah, like, everything, and he and he gave Jared Leto a high praise, which he should, yeah. um, uh, one of the most underrated actors ever, you know, um, but, I mean, he gave him so much praise, and um, it was almost like a rant, he went out. Um, yeah, he, he was just saying that, you know, the fans deserve it. Um, I think that he, he said that he should do it for Jared. Um, he says that he really wants to, to show people what was cut out of it. And, I, and I'm just kind of eager to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe, maybe it may be the backlash that it got. Maybe by releasing this, maybe it would make people feel different about it. True. Maybe. Like, the storyline, maybe it maybe it would fit the narrative a little bit more. Um, yeah, but I did like the new one. Uh, it was there was just times where it was just like like ridiculous, like. But that was the route they were going for, like weasel. Like I mean, it's just, 
Like, you're, <laughs> you're just like, what? But um, but it was cool. Like, I liked it. But I, I think that the um, I think that I think it should happen. Give him a chance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, if it's there, if he if he directed it, put it out there. You know, and and let the let the fans figure it out. Yeah. Be the judge. Because the issue that came up with that movie, the the David Ayer's Suicide Squad, was he had the movie put in place, right? Then normally what what happens is that not the director or the company that's making the movie does a trailer. They usually outsource it to another company. The company that outsourced it made it look like a completely different movie, and everybody was hyped about it. So now Warner Brothers comes back like, listen, people are hyped about this version of the movie because of the trailer. We want you to take whatever that's that and throw it into whatever you have, which is like, it's almost like saying like, yeah, I'm making pasta, but everybody saw the, what you presented was like Mexican food. So now we want that pasta to look like Mexican food. Like it could work if you have the right, the right vision in place. But if your vision was not completely to make Mexican food and you're just masking it as it is going to come out bad. And I think that's what was the biggest fault with that is that everything even though they had the actors and possibly even the storyline with the Enchantress in place is just that they try to make it look like the trailer, which failed it. And they had all the, like yeah. you, they had all the pieces to make it look good. They had the act. They had yeah, like, they yeah, they had Will Smith. They had Margot Robbie. They yeah. had, um, uh, what was her name that she played? Um, uh, Waller. Um, yeah, yeah I forgot. Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Yeah. You have like these yeah. big name actors. Wait, that, that's not Viola Davis. Viola Davis? Is that Viola Davis? I feel like you're getting that, but don't no, continue, continue. Yeah. So yeah. So they they. You're right. Sorry. I'm right. <laughs> so they did have all these these people with established credibility. They could put these these characters on screen and amplify them. But then when you're like cut under you to make it look something else, it just kills everything about it. And then then comes um, James Gunn that knows. I guess he has this this chemistry at how to make third grade third grade not third grade third rated third tier characters like seem like top tier with the chemistry he could produce and and i think that's what happened is that warner brothers when they re, when they hired him to do the new suicide squad they gave him full range they gave him to do everything because they already saw the success of the guardians so now you come back to be like oh you give him full reign uh, whatever he wants to do and don't hold back but then with me when i had something great or something what seems to be great and then put out shit pretty much because everybody hated it at the that problem point. was is that dc has no faith in anything you know, warner and, brother has no faith in dc well because oh here's my thing i mean david ayers actually is legendary for his what movies he makes he made yeah. he made he made training day he made end of watch the tax collector yeah, the tax fury these are all very specific very dark you know, kind of like I think that he was excited about making Suicide Squad because he was able to take his dark vision to comic books, which you can possibly kind of see it when you see Bright. Remember Bright? Yeah. That's where he was yeah. able to kind of mix his vision with fantasy, and that's what he wanted for Suicide Squad, which he didn't get. And that was the problem. Is like he, he they they said that he shot enough film to shoot a completely different movie. Like he did. Uh, like. You're right, like um, Alex. You were right about how the, uh, um, people were talking about the Joker, but I love the Joker because yeah. it was a different version of the Joker. But uh, he had enough footage. I think that he would have sold the audience on this the version Joker. of Joker. Yeah, I but think be- so too because you see him so vaguely, right? Like yeah. in that movie, and 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 you know, I think that everybody is so 
stuck on how the Joker is in the comics or, I mean, even like Heath Ledger setting the bar and then like, you know, and, and stuff like that. And so, but I love exactly like what you said is, you know, he, he put his twist on it, yeah, his cause... own twist on it. And, and it fit this day and age, right? Like, because yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's what people cool. that, the, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know, like people forget that the Joker was essentially a mobster. Like he had a gang yeah. of people that yep. followed him around, and obviously he had to have businesses to support that. And none of right. the other versions of Joker in, the, in live action is like that. They really no, kind of just yeah, him blowing stuff up. <laughs> but so, like, yeah, I. But the thing is, what here's the only question I have for you guys is that I don't understand is why is this a new thing? I don't understand. Like, I feel like director's cut movies have been a thing forever. Blade Runner. Most people yeah. will always talk about the Blade, the, the director's cut version versus. The original version. So why is director's cut now such a controversial topic? Not okay. So it's not that it's a director's cut because usually when you think director's cut is that they are taking the original movie that came out and adding context to it, things that were that uh, questions that could have been that are more detailed answered in more detail, and then other scenes. In these versions, like the Snyder cut, is that. He had this movie, but he made it completely different because he, he not only did well, he somebody add, else came and made it different. Somebody else came and did, came, made it differently, and then he got to go back and redo the whole movie with his vision on it. Mm-hmm. So this one is that David says, "I want the movie back, and I'm going to give it back to you with how it's supposed to be presented, not adding to these other like adding minutes to these other scenes in between. It's completely different storyline, structure, flow, pattern, pace, music, intro." Uh, climax, ending, and everything. So he's like, he's like, I want this movie back to give you my cut, my original vision of what this movie is. It's not a director's cut. Makeup, like, do you think, like, you know what I mean? Like, so the movie got released, and then now, like, what makes saying, Why is it a thing now for a director's cut? Like, do you think Marvel will ever do a director's cut? Like, people wanted a director's, uh, 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 what are the the Coen Brothers cut for uh, Endgame? Really? Yeah. People wanted like a director, like the full, like it was like six hours or something like that. But see, yeah, but the, then that makes sense. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, but like, director, because uh, just understand, directors cut are just basically the director makes a movie, and then somebody comes and edits it down. Yeah. So pretty much the, the so the they make a movie that's a full version. Mm-hmm. Somebody with the director cuts out, clears the fat, anything mm-hmm. that doesn't is too too much exposition or whatever. They clear it out, try to do it to a certain time. So when the director was like, I want the director's cut, like, I'll just give you the whole thing. In this all, case, yeah, yeah all, like right. the whole thing, how from beginning to end, how it's supposed to be envisioned. To David Allen is like, oh, I'm taking suicide, so scrapping it, throwing everything, how you edit it, how the visuals, the color grading, everything else like that, or to that extent, and then retelling it all over again. So I'm just making, literally making a brand new movie. So with Snyder, what he did, and what if they did with uh, David Ayers, is that they're gonna have hindsight now? They have hindsight, like how what people didn't like about the movie originally. Mm-hmm. So if people were like we liked uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn's version of this one, then in the other Suicide Squad or her own her other standalone movie, she's like, oh, maybe I could cut that in more, like put that groundwork to keep that in a little bit more than I originally intended. So now he's able to do another second movie. And at a better version than maybe he originally thought, because now he has he has hindsight of what people thought about it originally. But yeah, so that's that would be the difference between a director cut or like the director's 
a director's cut or the the Iyer cut or the now they're going to be called like the the Snyder cut like the version of cut. everybody's movie. I think that's going to be the new verb. I'm like, I want a Snyder cut of Titanic because it's by James Gunn, but I mean James Cameron. <laughs> so Instead what? Twenty of, hours is forty eight <laughs> hours late. Forty eight hour movie, no breaks. The boat takes like twenty hours just to sink, and and, and, and the guy survives. <laughs> Oh man, um, uh, but I would say the but like, I think the best way to see what uh, Suicide Suicide Squad would look like is to see Birds of Prey. Very yeah. minimal uh, fantasy in it. So, yeah, I think that's that. I think that's because he he's a gritty he's a gritty director. He likes like that gritty mob you know shooting you know type of movies. And I think the Suicide Squad looked like it, but that wasn't the story they gave him. Yeah. Yeah. But Agreed. yeah, but I hope they 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 come to some some type of terms that he might get a. He'll get it. He'll, if you get enough people, like people supported the Schneider cut so much. But how long did it? How long was it? Like two years before? After I know, it came but out? again, the momentum of that can, can trickle to this. Yeah, but Suicide Squad came out like four or five years ago, though. I get it. I don't know. But again, the first thing that came up when Snyder Cut was being argued. Oh, it was the Iron Cut. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you get something out of it. Let's see. And I think that him posting the, the Joker picture. Oh, yeah. I, that, like, you know, like, I love that he's showing the people that, like, hey, man, like, if I do this, you're going to see a lot more of him. Yeah. Right? Like, you're going to see. And, and he really praises Jared Leto. And uh, I think that I think that it'll be awesome. I mean, I hope that he does it. I hope they come to Terms, I hope they can get it done. Uh, I think I'll enjoy it. I think uh, Snyder actually helped him a lot because, and obviously in the Snyder cut, they included Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So I think that helped. Yep. They're like, oh, wait, he's in that one. He's in that world. And I love this world. Let's see it again. Yeah. Because DC is so chopped up, right? Like, oh, I'll be I mean, it's hard. You know, it's, 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 you know, different companies and different movies. And it's, it's, uh, Sometimes it's hard to keep up with, but yeah, like you said, once he once he made that appearance in there, I think it opened people's eyes to be like, oh, okay, like you know, wow, they actually included him and, and he's in that one. So hopefully they can open that narrative, maybe with a more of a backstory. Yeah, Joker, you know, and I think people like that with more of a backstory, you know. I'm 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 all for it. I'm because I, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, one. I liked when he revisioned it, and I like I heard that he had had. So much extra footage of um, Jared Leto that he could make the movie, and the movie was supposed to not be fantasy. It wasn't supposed to be against the Huntress like that. It was supposed to be they're all going for the Joker. The Joker yeah. was the main target, so yeah. that made for a way more grounded, way more real, like real movie. Um, and honestly, DC is so weird because like I was, I'm always telling Tony, their animated movies are just amazing. Like if they were to they're just so, make them. Yeah, man. Like the Suicide Squad uh, animated movie that I saw the last one, I think it was like... Road to Hell. Dude, it was amazing. If they were to make something like yeah. that live action, it would be incredible. Yeah, they're on point with the animation. Oh, yeah. The animation. Like, they, they really are. So what's next, yeah. Tony? So lastly, yeah, yeah. they announced that Takiti YTT is to direct in, in uh, Intel uh, comic book movie adaptation. So this is, Intel is a French... Graphic novel, so it's a more like of a space opera, if you think like Fifth Element a little bit, a little bit of Guardians. Um, it generally follows 
Uh, let me get this information from here. So yeah, generally follows this guy named he's a, a, pri- a private investigator, John the Fool. <laughs> I like the name the Fool. The I Fool. Yeah, they said that's inspiration for um, Fry from Futurama. Yeah, because he's wearing the red jacket. So yeah, so it just follows him, and he he learns of this uh, this object that is has great powers, uh, converted by many fractions of across the galaxy. So people are trying to get it, and he's he has this mission to to try to keep it safe, and it becomes like a spiritual journey, ex- examining the duality of meaning of existence. So this is Taikiti Waititi doing this movie. And, that, I'm sorry. and then he is also co-writing the script with uh, hey, one of the co-writers that with uh, into uh, what we do in the shadows. Really? He, he's co-writing with him for the script for the movie. Have you finished watching the, the show? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, what got me about this was I started looking it up and I found the writer was his name was um, I don't want to mispronounce his name. Uh, Jawaski. Uh huh. Um, so they were saying how, technically speaking, because like, he has a, he he had a vision for Dune actually uh, before the original writer. Yeah, and his version was so out there, like they said that he put together so many people and so many sci-fi people that that vision is actually attributing to most sci-fi that we know. Yeah, like he was the one that approached H.R. Giger uh, for for designs. Yeah, before Aliens, I think they said yeah something like that or. And a lot, like a lot of uh, Fifth Element influence was from his artwork. Yes. So he, this one guy is the one who wrote this book was a, kind of inspired. a movie that was never that he was never made. Nope. Inspired several, one of your favorite movies, and several oh, other yeah. amazing sci-fi movies that came from classics. It. Yeah. So now he wrote this, this graphic version, novel, yeah. and he's having Takiti YDT script it to make it more to appeal more for like silver screen. And you have Taikiti YDT directing it. So yeah. you know this shit's going to be insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, when, <laughs> I, when I heard his influence, like, I was like, what? Like, I mean, seriously, if you, they, they said that. He even said it. He said the team that he put together for his version of Dune uh-huh. was, it was uh, after he couldn't make the movie because they said, they said his, like, ideas were so out there. All those people were approached by different other sci-fi you companies know, companies production companies yeah. and now all those movies that, that were made because of his influence like this was from his <laughs> idea are now like classics yeah that's crazy but i'm down i i <laughs> watch anything tech what tt does i think it's gonna be good like you said i think it's just like it's gonna be so out there that it's gonna just grasp people's attention so much that it's just gonna be so different like from from others yeah that's what's gonna I think I think it, I think honestly it's the best time too because maybe when he first probably did it, people weren't ready. I mean that's the thing about good ideas. I mean some ideas are good, some ideas are bad, some ideas are just way good but not but beyond their time. Way beyond he was way beyond his time with the cast. He had who did he have? Was it uh he had somebody he had was it Marlon Marlon Brandon? Marlon Brando as uh, as in the the father that the original? Yeah. No, no, you're talking about no, you're talking about the director who did Dune now. I'm talking about he was the one that was supposed to do Dune. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what his casting choices were. I forgot what it was. But he I saw it, it was like incre- I think it like it was fucking insane who he had. It was I, I can't even remember the names. It's like I don't think people would have comprehended it back then. Oh like, no. Like it, it was just his it choices were crazy. It would have been too much for people to be like their heads would explode. Yeah. 
<laughs> and a lot of the inspiration that came from that went to Star Wars yeah. too. Even the book itself, the Dune book was a lot. If you look at the Dune when the book came out to when Star Wars came out, there was a lot of s- small, subtle influences that you could see that translated. And then if he had the ability to do that, and I think he was doing that before the Star Wars came out, mm-hmm. or at the time Star Wars was about to come out, I think he was working on it. I'm, I don't remember the time frame. But yeah, he would have. I don't know if he would have shitted on Star Wars if he had to compete against it. Nah. But if you if you have he if he had the full well, I mean, backing the, of the budget, I think the, the Star Wars influence that, that people were referencing was more towards um, Episode One and Two and Three versus the original ones. No, the originals. You think the originals? Yeah, that's where they're basing it off. All all off of George Lucas's movie, not the not the prequels. Wow. Yeah. That so would have been awkward. Like they would have. Well, they, I, <laughs> honestly, they probably looked at it, but like. Well, nobody's gonna use them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's where it's like nobody's gonna use this. Let's, let's let's take some of these ideas and you know, twist it a little bit, twist it. But yeah, anything that Takiyu YTT puts out, I'm I'm down to watch. I I think by far right now one of my favorite Takiyu YTT movies would be Jojo Rabbit. Right now, this made me cry. Yeah, it was it was. Have you did you see that one, Alex? No, I I have not. Oh man! If you have a chance, I, I, I would I would suggest it. It's, it it follows this young kid during uh, the World War Two. World War towards the end of World War Two, yeah. and um, he is, I guess, essentially doing like a, a summer camp, like a like a school like a camp being trained by like Nazi soldiers, and then okay. this um, young girl that is Jewish. Uh, kind of like tries to hide out at his house with nobody knowing, and he's like, he's he's conflicted with the process uh, with the uh, with the intention of either keeping her safe or telling people who she is and having her arrested. And then he just grows to yeah. care for her, and it just takes this whole emotional journey that he goes through it, and the way it ends. Oh man! So I gotta check it out. Yeah, you definitely gotta check it out. Definitely. It's, 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 it's crazy. It sounds dark, but it's a lot funnier than it sounds. Yeah, like it, the way he, they the way they shot it was very because he has an imaginary imaginary friend, and that imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler, and it's played by Taika oh, wow. Waititi, and it's played by <laughs> Taika Waititi too. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it, I mean, it's 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 something you could see happening. I mean, back in that time where he he's living in this area where they're teaching him this that this guy's the the hero. And he's a little kid. He's influenced by it. He's like, yeah. So his imaginary friend becomes the hero that everybody tells him it is. And that's where his conflict is, where he's arguing with his imaginary friend, obviously, and what's right based on the girl that he meets and he and be- he starts to form a bond with. Yeah, and, and against what everything he was taught. But yeah, highly suggest it completely. Watch it. Yes. <laughs> All right, so let's now that we get off the topics, we have two trailers that came out recently that uh, sounds good. One, uh, both of them, but let's get to the first one. It would be 8 Bit Christmas trailer that is coming out on HBO Max. No, Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check with that. But it stars uh, Neil Patrick Harris, and he has a daughter that he is telling the story when. On HBO Max, I'm sorry. He's telling the story of um, the first time, uh, no, it was Black Friday when the Nintendo, the original Nintendo came out. And his his he's telling the story like how they try to raise the money and how they try to get that one system. 
Yeah. And based off the trailer, the only thing I started enough, the only thing I didn't like that set it off for me was saying that this is going to be the new Christmas, uh, the new Christmas story. And the trailer's like, this is going to be the new Christmas story. I'm like, no. It's, yeah, no. no. Yeah, no. Please. Don't. A hard no. Yeah. <laughs> Does not have the influence I see it. I don't see the influence in it. No, I don't. Dare story away from us. I would understand if it was, if it became the new Christmas, like this age's Christmas story, maybe, but it it just doesn't. I, I think that when the Christmas story came out, it came out in a time that it was different times and, and the story was very singular to that one kid that I feel like this is like, I feel like it's going to come across as the Princess Bride a little bit. Like the dad's telling the story, but he's over exaggerating everything. Like Andre the Giant's gonna pop out somewhere <laughs> or something, or like it's yeah. gonna or more like or more like uh, the show he was in, How I Met Your Mother, that mm-hmm. he's just gonna be ex- doing a lot of exposition of what's happening while the movie's going on. Honestly, what this reminds me of by uh, watching the trailer is literally Jingle All the Way, <laughs> right? Like, like, right? Yes. Like, even even the scene in the trailer when the guy's like, "You're all sold out." <laughs> um, literally, you know, Schwarzenegger's just running store to store to try to get this one item. You yeah, know? I see that. So obviously, it's flipping the script and the kids getting it. But right, like, is it not? It's Christmassy. It's you know, like I feel like it fits. Jingle all the way. Like, yeah. Trying to get an item that's hot. You know, and like I, I don't know. I mean, I hope it does great. Um, yeah. But 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 that's big shoes to fill right there. That's 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 pretty bold statement. <laughs> yeah, that that was. Um, I will say this though, like um, this is what I, this is what I was thought. Like, it feels like it has all the all the perfect re- like recipe and ingredients to make a good Christmas movie. Mm. Has the actors, storyline seems decent, but for some reason, something about the way the trailer came off, it didn't feel like it's gonna have the impact. Like, mm. I felt like it has the recipe, has the it felt disconnected, has the has ingredients, but the cook did not put it together well because yeah, I just I was watching, I was like. I didn't feel like I. It looked like it could be good, but so the trailer felt weird. Like it didn't feel like it was gonna have that kind of emotional impact you get when you watch whatever you know any yeah. kind of Christmas, um, um, Home Alone, or even Jingle All the Way had had some kind of emotional resonance with it. But this one, I just like felt felt empty. Yeah, at least the trailer yeah, this did. Is, this is, feels like a straight comedy. Yeah, right. Like I, obviously, I think they're gonna throw in. There's, there's probably gonna be you know Neil Patrick Harris at the end, something emotional, you know, with his daughter, but. Um. Yeah, I mean, how did you guys feel about Take Me Home tonight? Same director, Michael Dow. Do you see that? Take me. Oh, the one with um, Christian Stewart, and yes, yes, and yeah. uh, what oh, was his name? Uh, Topher Grace, wasn't it? Right? Was it Topher Grace? But I, I enjoyed that movie. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I don't think it um I don't think that it hit like, you know, uh Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So for Grace. Yeah, yeah, so yeah for no, Grace. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, uh, it was a, tr- a, a Teresa Palmer. That's like, you know, but I couldn't take the, I couldn't put the name of it. Yeah. Blank. But yeah. Yeah, so um you know, and Sarah, yeah. I mean, so, it, that was a great kind of like coming of age type movie, which I did love. I yeah. as one of my favorites. I like because I love the the one line his dad used to, was giving him like you know yeah hey you you don't always have to hit your target you just have to shoot the gun every so often like I love yeah. that. Um, right. 
but I you're right. I don't think it it held like the same classic like level. Like as much as I no. love it, I could watch it and love watching it, but it doesn't feel like it's like if I bring it up, like just like now you brought it up. Yeah, think it about took, it. Yeah, we got to think about it. It's not something it's, like it's oh not, man, it's not like an instant like instant movie. Like if I say like Knight's Tale, or like a Christmas story or jingle all the way. Like you automatically you'd be like, I know that movie. I know from beginning to end what it's all about. Like this one, take me, take me, take me home to now. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I remember it. Cause I remember the cover. Cause it's a very eighties cover feel. That's the only reason I remembered it. And I'm like, I remember it was yeah. Topher Grace in it. Yeah. And that's nostalgic. Like he seems like he's going towards the nostalgic, you know, director movement. And that's a good one. I mean, a sense of like, yeah, look at the look at the actors in it. I mean, they're all at the time that this movie came out, they were the, at the top. Anna yeah. Ferris, Sofa yeah. Grace, they were coming off of a lot more Chris successful Pratt movies. Chris Pratt was in it too. Chris Pratt was in it. Yeah, he was the boyfriend, the oh. the, the sister's boyfriend. I think of course, he was. of course he was. <laughs> I think he was. Yeah. I think he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so wow, that's a good one. I just I, I was like. I mean, I, I, that one again. It was a good movie, but it, it, it felt eighties. It felt it, good. It, it felt like the like most of the movies when you look usually at the towards the beginning of the movie, it usually has to set a time and place for you to understand the environment or the ambience of what it is. And I think he did that well with Take It Home, uh, Take Me Home Tonight. And I think he from the trailer, it feels very eighties. I feel like the way the kids were dressed and some, I guess, some of the the slang or the mannerism how they normally kids would act at that time mm-hmm. and like the obsession of going in an arcade is it, it felt organic but still felt disconnected because i think i don't know if he was trying to overplay it or even if the tra- whoever did the trailer just like the, the air cut that we just spoke about is just making it seem like a completely different movie maybe it has more heart to it with neil patrick harris in it yeah yeah also if you think about this is like um, if I was to give you, let's say I tell you, okay, this one and, um, um, uh, wedding singer, can you name the best scene from each movie? And you wedding singer, you probably name like 20. Yeah. This you one. Movie, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can revive that whole movie. And exactly. Like, exactly what, and I agree. I, I, I totally agree. Like it's just the level of the impact it made. Exactly. Like, not even compared. So. You know? Well, that gives you a good idea for what's going to come for this movie. We're probably going to favor it. It's going to be something. Oh man, I liked it, but it might not in the time of history. As far as it's history, it's not going to resonate to carry over. It's not going to carry nostalgia for that, like forever. Yeah. So we'll see. And I know they're trying to hit the home run with you know obviously the Nintendo, like they're trying yeah. to hit the home run. <laughs> but I, but I feel like it's overshadowed by the storyline. You know, I don't know. Like I hope that it does great. I hope it does. But and and I feel like this is like the first major Christmas trailer. To come to you like like there's not going to be more you know what i mean like i feel like they're gonna maybe come out with another one so but i don't know yeah for right now like the biggest christmas right like i mean i think that's right i think that's this is the first christmas trailer that came out right like i don't i haven't really seen it i've never seen anything else uh i've no. seen other there's been christmas movies that's been coming out on netflix there's tv shows like the one um, yeah like dropping them but Let's see. Oh. I mean, you're right. I haven't really. I, 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 that's that's true though. Right. I, I can't really name like a classic. Yeah, because right? yeah, this is the first ma- major years, major like trailer that. that came out too. Well, Christmas trailer yeah. that yeah. I could think of recently. Like, because and that's funny. It's coming around like just weeks because it comes out. It comes out this year. It comes yeah. out at the end right. of uh, December. We're in November, guys. We're in November now. Yeah, I know. It's moving along. 
So yeah. I don't, I don't know. Oh, you know what I, you know, real quick though, you know what can make this movie really good? What? It's gonna blow your mind. If if they come out with this trailer, right? They come out with this movie. Ben Savage has to be in it. Now is a Ben Savage. I'm Ben. Is it Ben? Yeah, Ben Savage has to be in it. Yeah. Why? The Wiz. Yeah. <laughs> His little brother has to be in it. Not just Ben Savage, just the little the little brother too. As you well. make that cameo. Just. Yeah. You make that cameo. Just he'll be one of the they'll be the dads mm-hmm. that's fighting for the Nintendo. Dude. That would be awesome. And he's wearing the glove. No the power the, glove. You can't. You can't introduce the power glove. Didn't come out until like two years Who later. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Let, let let's be let's be uh, chron- uh, chronologically inaccurate. If we're gonna live in nostalgia. Let's <laughs> let's just jump in it. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, so so it looks interesting. HBO Max, uh, Eight Bit Christmas, Neil Patrick Harris. So it looks it looks good. So we'll see what happens. We'll we'll give it a quick review or talk about it when it comes out. All right. So let's get to this last trailer. And this is one that's been in heavy conversation in the past few days. Uh, right when Eternals came out, was Morbius trailer with Jared Leto was released. The uh, trailer two, because the last one, I don't know why they called this one the, t- the second trailer. If the first one was, I felt like it was a teaser. It was two minutes, but it felt like a teaser to to the movie. It kind of was. Yeah. So what do you what is what were your thoughts on it, Alex? Um, I, I like it a lot. Um, it was typical, like from what I expected from mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah, I mean, all around, I like. I mean, it's Jared Little, right? Same yeah. Same. Um, I think he's gonna kill it. I, I really think that you know, just like I said, all we see is teaser trailers and trailers, but um, a lot, a lot going on in the trailer, though, right? Like, do you guys agree? Like, a oh whole yeah, a lot going on. You know, you see Vulture, you know, you you guys see that. There, there's a lot going on, like, to break this whole trailer down. Yeah. Like, but but honestly, like, a personal, I, I love it. I think it's going to be great. I just can't wait for it. The only thing that makes me nervous about it, though, is I was hyped about the first trailer. Um, the only thing that makes me nervous about this one is it seems like, because, I mean, Morbius is somebody who, if you read the comics, you know he's associated with Spider-Man. However, for people that are not like that into the comics... They don't know that, you know. It might not seem obvious. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, there's no besides. I think one part in there. Sorry to interrupt you. But there's one part in there with the, uh, you know, you see the Spider-Man in the background, right? The graffiti. Yeah. But that's, that's a bad name. But, but other than that, there's no correlation. Well, that's what I mean. I think that's what the trailer. The only thing that made me nervous was the trailer seemed heavy, and like, for example, like uh, Michael Keaton's character is from Spider-Man, obviously cameoed in it for some reason, right? So. And then you, like you yeah. said, you mentioned the part where he walked past a, a graffiti of Spider-Man. I felt like I yeah. hope that they focus on the movie that they're making, because my the one thing that I noticed from some movies that kind of kind of dropped the ball is when they're more focused on the series of movies versus that movie. Yeah, they, oh, right. it's the puzzle piece, right? This and the thing. Yeah, like, like if they if yeah if they just like wanna. Sorry, I mean, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, this is um like this movie is gonna be the Spider-Verse, like, puzzle piece, right? To link it all together. Because this is more of, like, from the trailer, from what I'm getting, obviously it's dark. Obviously it's... But, you know, it's like a villain movie, almost, right? Like, you know, like, you... you Like, he walks past um, Morbius, you know, Michael Keaton's character, Agent Sumer, he walks past Morbius and says, you know, like, oh, I forget what he says, like, we need to talk or, you know, we should link up sometime. And you know what I mean? And that's 
you know, two characters that could, you know, so like you said, I, there's no connection really, at least in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, but it's like the puzzle piece. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things that comes up with it, and you guys touched on it. So the first one was you have Michael Keaton's vulture character that has a cameo. The second one was the graffiti of Spider-Man. But if you looked at it, it was a Spider-Man from the, from the Sam Raimi universe. Right. Toby it, Maguire. It was Toby Maguire Spider-Man. So now you have Tom Holland Spider-Man, Toby Maguire, Spider-Man uh, 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 graffiti. And then at the end, when the guy goes, who are you? He goes, I'm Venom. So now you're like, oh, now you're talking Venom. So which universe are you really in? Which are oh you in the God. Venom universe that's, that's looping into the other ones? Or Tom Holland's looping into the other two? Or Sam Raimi's Spider-Man universe looping into that? Even though none of them ever touched or mentioned him, if I'm not mistaken. They've never mentioned uh, Morbius or the Doctor itself in it. So that was one thing that people were kind of... Uh, questioning or, or puzzled by was that which universe are you really in, and is this is this a precursor of what's happening with what's going to happen with Doctor Strange in the multiverse? Because now that is it is the Sony universe linking them all together? They're trying to. They're trying to. Yeah, it's a little everywhere. Yeah, it's a little everywhere, and and that's the only I mean, that's my only thing with. When it comes to Marvel movies and DC movies, now particularly with Marvel, is that the characters that Sony owns, or the intellectual property Sony owns, they are trying to make their own universe. When you have a a, a universe with that's compiled of like thirty movies already, and and so we're, it's like it's a its own working machine, and they're trying to create something a, a like an, a branch out of it, and it's hard to connect them together when your storyline does not coinciding with theirs or what your vision is because you know that you're Sony and you can make rated R movies, but now you know that Marvel can't because they're, they're under the Disney umbrella and Disney has very strict guidelines. It has to be PG 13s. We could push it to an envelope, but at some point we have to stop it. So they I don't know if they're trying to balance a little bit of both or it should be like, you know what, whatever, when it's, when it's only our movie, it's rated R. But if we have to compromise with, with Marvel it has to be PG 13 but then you don't have the storylines that coincide with it and that probably connects. And I think that's where they're truly, really trying to work at. And I think eventually I think it will happen where they work in a fluid motion. But I feel like anything that's only Sony made that is association, because they say association with Marvel, not like Marvel and Sony Productions, is that they're going to start doing these other storylines that either are out of context or doesn't fit their narrative of what the overall picture is going to be. And everything's either going to be so convoluted that you don't understand what's going on, or it's just going to miss completely. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, this one's going to be everywhere. I, I have no doubt that they're going to make sense of it. Um, I have no doubt that Marvel's going to do that. But um, there's just a lot going on, man, in the, in the trailer. And like it was like sometimes you know I'm, I'm sitting there, I think I, I rewatched it so many times just to miss the Easter eggs in there right yeah um, but yeah it, it's kind of everywhere you know good guy bad guy slash good guy you know and then you see him in the in the the MA jumpsuit right yeah so it was like you know and that was they say right after um, he talked to Vulture right after he talked to the character Adrian Toomer Michael Keane's character that you know did he set it up for the for the escape. 
you know, and it's, it's, it's everywhere. But, I mean, you know, they always do such a good job in those trailers to not give you too much, but at the same time throw those Easter eggs in there to make you literally study it and, and break it down how many different ways. Yeah. But it comes, I think, what was it released? Day? I think it's next year. They pushed it again also. Yeah. I wish it would have done it more like Split, though. Like literally done its own movie, don't no references at all to anything comic book related, and all of a sudden at the very last minute you just see like something that ties it into like Spider Man. Completely, like, yeah. You're like, whoa, what? This is Spider Man's universe. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> but either way, like I can't wait to see what's gonna happen because this is kind of be a mixed bag. Is this gonna come out after Spider Man or before? I think it's gonna come out bef- after Spider Man. So then, that's probably why it's not going to make a lot of sense right now. Maybe it'll make more sense once we watch Spider-Man. Yeah, So, but that's the thing. That's what what's scary about it is that trailers are usually... Yeah, it comes out uh, a month after Spider-Man. Uh, some trailers release too much of the storyline that you already know is going to happen mm-hmm. in the movie. So I don't know if, if, if they do another trailer, they don't release enough to discuss what might happen from Spider-Man that's going to connect it to them. I think that they should. I, I thought before. I think they should. Uh, directors should start making trailers, like literally, not even from the movie. Just shoot scenes to Marvel make up a that. trailer. Exactly. Just shoot scenes to make up a trailer, then make the movie itself. That way, yeah. like, just do extra shots and you use those extra shots that you're going to use in the movie in the trailer. Yeah. Sell people on wanting to go watch the movie, but don't really give them what the movie's going to be. What's going to be in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, so those are our topics, and just like that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the latest episodes from my mom's garage. As always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at from my mom's garage, or email us at fmmgpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, thoughts, or concerns. As always, tell a friend, send a friend, or bring a friend. See you next week. Later. <laughs>